Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for the Cannon Fire podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, they've always got the online casino, which never closes. So head over to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Once again, BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty. Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast live on YouTube today for episode 204. The Buccaneers win their 10th game in a row, absolutely destroying Atlanta 48 to 25. Now that final score, not totally indicative of the entire game. We'll talk about that here shortly. But an action-packed show planned for you guys. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, as always, Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. And uh, we are not alone, folks. We have been teasing a special guest for what feels like six months now. We finally were able to make it work with the schedules from his very own podcast, The Bucking Idiots. And I, I think he does another podcast, uh, The Loose Cannons Podcast. The one and only Stank Bastard joins the show after a Buccaneers victory. How we feeling, boys? One hell of a game, right? I'm worn out. <laughs> I, w- I was at the game. It was hot as shit. And, uh, you know, I, we were kind of talking before the show. It was that kind of typical Bucks game where, you know, they got to get your heart rate up a little bit, right? Um, they pissed me off. I'm not going to be – I'm not going to – hold back bro it, yeah. it pissed me off yeah. it didn't seem like we were the pass rush was getting to, to matt they moved the ball up and down the field on us quite a bit and uh yeah, thank god for mike edwards right thank thank god the defense woke the fuck up at the end of the game and uh sealed the victory basically yeah there was always, there's always a point i think Stank hit it right on the head um there's always a point where um you know it, it kind of feels in doubt uh, this felt, you know, they jumped out to an early lead and it was almost like too easy. And you were like, well, you know, is, is this going to go this easy the, the whole game, especially on the offensive side of the ball? Uh, it was the offense, I mean, they were just seemed like just on un, completely unstoppable. Uh, and then, you know, the defense sort of offense gets cold a little bit and then the defense can't stop a thing. So, um, yeah, it's definitely there's times where you're like, eh, you know, like, how is this going to work? And, you know, I think Brady had. People play great, but there were there were some drives where he, where he did miss some guys. There might have been uh, a wet ball. You know, I think overall they, they they did what they had to do, and like you said, thank thank God for Mike Edwards. Like both of you guys alluded to, it was an absolutely blistering start for the offense. They had a hundred yards of total offense in like five minutes, and then the uh, the unnecessary roughness flag on Ryan Jensen was tossed, and everything seemed to stall out after that point. That's when the Falcons were able to kind of get back into the game. Defense was stalling out every now and again. The offense kind of hit a lull halfway through the game. I I will say Tom Brady balled the fuck out. We have to talk about that first and foremost. We'll go through some of these stat lines here, and then I want to get your thoughts more in depth on the game. So TB12, his stat line today, 24 for 36, 276 yards, five total touchdowns. He did have the fumble that he lost. Unfortunate, but I mean, dude, five touchdowns. Nine touchdowns over the first two games for TB12. I know it's only week two, and everybody hates the on-pace for a guy. Tom Brady's on pace for 70-something goddamn touchdowns. But is Tom Brady playing at an MVP level right now? Like, he is locked the hell in, and he looks unstoppable these last two weeks. He is. He's definitely playing 
at an MVP level. And he's done, done it before. He's never had this type of weaponry. And I still feel like this offense is leaving shit out on the field. I mean, oh, yeah. that's the crazy part. We, he threw for five touchdowns, almost 300 yards, and I still get frustrated. We had a lot of opportunities lost by, I don't know, protection wasn't really that good today. I, you know, there were times where it broke down. I, I didn't think Atlanta had any horses up front, but they seemed to give us a little bit of trouble. And um, you know, I still think this offense is finding its way. Play calling was a little weird at times. Rojo with his missing pass blocks and run game just never feels right always feels kind of out of sync and it's almost like we succeed running the ball despite you know it's just more like effort plays versus scheming it or design um but somehow you know somehow we seem to get it done we we just have that much talent that we just out talent people um but i don't know the execution was the cleanest i think arians and and brady be the first to say that this this is kind of a sloppy game yeah and you know i think um a lot of it, like you said, it comes down to the running game. I just, I don't ever expect to run the Bucks running game to do anything. I just, I just always think that they're just going to have to pass the ball. I mean, obviously you can't pass it every single play, but it's just, I mean, it's getting to the point where every time Leonard Fournette or Ronald Jones touch the ball, whether it's a pass or a run, I get like nervous. Uh, because, like Today, Leonard Fournette fumbled the football. It, you know, it, it was on a pass and he, he fumbled the football. It's just, they can't seem to get out of their own way. And like, I'm convinced that like the Bucks just, they have no good running backs. Like they, they're all, they all have deficiencies in some way because it doesn't seem like any one of them just can, can do anything right. You know, Ronald Jones, uh, he caught the ball that was thrown to him today, but then he missed a key block that led to a sack. He just completely whipped on it. Uh, the one ball that he caught and didn't go for the first down. He sort of stopped ahead of the first down for, for some odd reason. Uh, just the, the small things, and I just don't think – and nobody's nobody's putting themselves ahead of the pack. Nobody is standing out enough. And I think until they do, it's going to be the same running back by committee type deal. I, I honestly do. I, I knew we kind of came into this game expecting the rotation, right? Rojo was your starter. I thought the run game looked okay early. A lot of six, seven, eight-yard games that seemed to set up short distance or even just a first down every now and again. Things did kind of stall out when the rest of the offense slowed down. But – the real question to me is where the hell is Gio Bernard? I know that Bruce talked about, you know, he's established a role on this team as the third down back and in, in certain situations, but like, why not put him out there in more passing situations? Why are we throwing screens to Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones when half the time Rojo can't catch it or, you know, Brady throws it at his feet. I know a couple of big plays were made today off of Lenny catching the ball out of the backfield, but just as many weren't made. And there were, you know, so many times where, you ask yourself, where's Gio Bernard? And then they bring him out, what, the last play of the game, the last drive. Uh, it's third and endlessly deep for the Bucks. He picks up nine, ten yards, probably would have been a first down if we had seen him in the game a little bit earlier. Like, where, where is that situation going to end up where we see Gio Bernard in a spot where everybody's happy to see him out there? Like, it's, you know, you either get a play from your guy catching the ball out of the backfield or everybody's just angry on Twitter talking about where is Gio Bernard because we just simply haven't seen him enough. I thought you saw him a little bit more today. A little bit. I mean, a uh, little bit. <laughs> yeah, a, a, a little bit more. Uh, but it, you're right. I mean, you are. It, he, it did seem like he made a little bit more of an impact. I actually saw him on third down that wasn't like um, – it was an early third down. I forget what the yardage was, but I, I saw him that, that he was on it in and on a third down. I was like, okay, that's good. Like you're actually using the third down back for like actually what he's supposed to do. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think people want to see him, but at the same time you have to realize kind of what, what he is. Uh, because obviously he has limitations too, right? If he was this all-star running back that had no weakness or had no limitations, the Bengals would have never cut him. <laughs> they just they wouldn't have gotten rid of him. So I, I think you, you got to realize that Gio Bernard has a role now, whether you think he should be in that role more, that's up for, you know, that's up for debate. Sure. Uh, I think he should personally be on in on every third down, no matter the yardage, basically, unless you're on like goal line. But um, I, I just think that he has a role and it's a very specific one. But the frustration is that you're just not seeing him what I guess Bucks fans envisioned. I think they envisioned a James White version 
of you know the Bucks James White version, and right now they're not getting that. Yeah, it's a little confusing to me. Um, I mean, maybe he just doesn't know the offense well enough yet. You know, Tom Brady notoriously struggled with picking up the offense, and so uh, you know last season. So maybe it's just uh, as the season progresses, he'll he'll take bigger roles. But you know, we've we've I think as as a fan base and even in the media and John Ledger specifically, uh, uh, you know. It's very clear neither Rojo or Lanny are great pass catching backs. I think, you know, Lanny's probably better than Rojo. That was a nice play by the linebacker who punched that ball out. Uh, and thank God Chris Godman was heady enough to get back and swat, yeah, you know, man. swat that ball out of bounds because that was a pivotal point in the game uh, that, you know, really could have swung the momentum back in Atlanta's favor. Being at the game, you obviously don't get to see it as clear as you guys probably did on, on, on TV. You miss a whole lot. But, um, yeah, even when no, we won, and, you know, and and Jake Aaron's always gives me shit because I, I tend to still be frustrated after wins, and he's like, "Fuck that," you know, we we won. Doesn't matter what happens, but to me it does. I I still you know I still am critical uh, of the performance, and really the most disappointing thing for me was the pass rush. I felt like we didn't yeah. we couldn't get home, which is weird. Because the Eagles just drummed them last week, and they, I guess they made some changes and got you know got one of the guys back. But uh, I, I fully expected Matt to see Matt Ryan on the ground a ton, and surprised he you know they had a lot of success and he was able to evade the pass rush, and um, it was frustrating. Yeah, no man, I'm I'm with you. Coming into this game on our preview show, I even said like. I said the same thing before the Dallas game, just because they had that injury. They were missing a right guard, but Dallas still has a great offensive line. Carter McGovern sure. stepped in. He played great. Atlanta is not the same story. I mean, they had oh. one of the lowest graded O lines last week against a Philly team that, you know, when you compare the front seven of Tampa Bay and Philly, obviously you're going to pick the Bucks nine times out of 10. So I, I was a little disappointed to not see as much pressure. There were times where he was uncomfortable, but it just didn't seem like they were really getting there. And I was, you know, banging my chest this week saying there's no reason we shouldn't have multiple sacks, but that was not the case. Now, before we talk about, you know, some more uh, critiques, I guess, let's talk about some more big stat lines here. Stank, I think you and I picked a really good day to throw on the 13 jersey. Mike Evans, people have been wondering where he's at. He showed up today. Five receptions, 75 yards, and two touchdowns for big Mike and uh, I think he handed out two game balls, too. It was pretty cool. He was hunting down the Mike Evans jerseys and making sure they got to those <laughs> guys. But, uh, I mean, for, you know, anybody who was worried about Mike coming into this game, I think everybody said it this week. Don't worry. He's going to get his. And today was just, you know, a sample of that. He's going to have plenty more games like this throughout the year. Yeah. And, you know, you didn't see a ton of Antonio Brown. I mean, it, it's going to happen. Like right? this is going to happen. Uh, there's going to be some weeks where it feels like there, there's probably going to be another game this season where Mike Evans kind of is neglected a little bit. And you're not necessarily neglected, I shouldn't say, but doesn't get as many targets as some fans would like to see. Um, yeah, you know, Chris Godwin caught a big touchdown, caught a few balls over the seam, but I mean, mostly it was a lot of Mike Evans. Uh, still a lot of Gronkowski with the two touchdowns. We'll talk about him in a minute. Uh, but, you know, it was it was a lot of, of those guys. You didn't really see Antonio Brown, right? And so that's going to happen when you have so many targets. And that's what we talked about. And it's really nice for, for everybody to, to quiet down about Mike Evans this week at least. Yeah, right. Yeah, one thing for, for, for certain, uh, Tom Brady listens. He, he heard all the talk. I'm sure Mike heard all the talk. And they came out early uh, and got Mike the ball. You know, Tom missed them on a deep pass. Tom missed A.B. twice on, on some deep balls. Deep passing game wasn't there today. Um, but, you know, his connection with Gronk is, is automatic. And, yeah, Tom had a great game, um, but still left a lot of lot out on the field. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's crazy to say, but we could have, you know, we could have had even more success. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think you are uh, in the wrong for being, you know, I guess, overly critiquing this game because that's what you have to do. I mean, you look at the opponent that's coming up, right? The LA Rams, one mm -hmm. of the best teams in the NFL here in the first quarter of the season so far. I think Matt Stafford's really going to be a problem for this team. So when you look at missed opportunities on both sides of the ball, not only is it an opportunity for this team to get better than they already were today, it's just like you said, it's frustrating because it's, you know, it's points left on the field and it's 
it's what's going to separate this team from the rest of the pack, the rest of the playoff. Uh, I'm sorry, the rest of the playoff projected teams and the teams that are doing well. You know, for the Bucks right now, coming into this season as the defending Super Bowl champions, I think you have a little bit of a reputation to uphold as the best team in the NFL. And we saw a lot of glimpses today of what looked like the best team in the NFL, especially with the defense closing it out the way that they did. But being able to do that for a full four quarters is going to count a lot more when you're doing it against Matt Stafford and the Rams or a lot of the other high-profile matchups they're going to have later on in the year. So, I, I, I mean, I don't think you're – you know, nobody should bitch if you're overly complaining about this game or just finding reasons to, you know, pick at this game or they could be better here, they could be better there. I think, I think some people don't do it enough. So, like, we always try to do that here on the show, and I'm – you know, it's a good lens to have, I think, because it's – it gets realistic sometimes. Every week you want to pick the Bucks to win by 50, and then all of a sudden they're down, or I'm sorry, they're you know in a three-point game against Atlanta. That shouldn't happen. Shouldn't have happened yeah. today. But, uh, Evan, your take. Yeah, Tom, Tom Brady didn't even play perfect, and he still had five touchdowns and seemingly did almost whatever he wanted. Like It, it seemed like when, when, when he, you know, when they needed the touchdown, when it was 28-25, and, like, they needed the touchdown. They got the touchdown, you know, and it was it was just right with what the doctor ordered. And I mean, he's just he's so good. Like it is. I, I know we talk about it and uh, we talk about it, you know, at nauseum, really. And like a lot of people say, oh, you guys just, you know, big braiding, you know, lovers or whatever. Look, the dude's awesome. Like it's just this is what he does. Right. I mean, he, he comes in and he just shreds defenses. It, it's it's honestly unbelievable. Um He's almost, you know, it's my expectations for him have almost been blown out of the water, you know, and like if you take away two BS interceptions last week and, you know, he almost has nine touchdowns and no picks. I mean, it's it's honestly it, it's incredible what he's been able to do. And just like I said, this is it wasn't even a perfect game. Like Stank said, he missed Mike Evans. He was hoping for a touchdown, basically, on that deep ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, across the middle of the field, M- missed Mike Evans, uh, missed Antonio Brown a few times, um, missed Gronk down the seam a few times. The the, the middle of the field was really open. Uh, the Falcons struggled to to guard the middle of the field against this team. They were hitting seam shots, whether it was Gronk or Chris Godwin or Mike Evans, all, all day long. Uh, but Brady missed some, but he still basically went out there and did what Tom Brady does. And it, it, it's honestly scary, I think. You know, what does a perfect Brady game look like then, right? Because I thought Brady was fantastic versus Dallas. I thought he was good in this game. Like, what does a, a perfect Tom Brady game look like? And what would that mean for this offense? It's like, just, you know, just like Stank said, they, they put up, you know, obviously 14 points, you know, or 13 points of the pick sixes. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, this, this offense could have done so much more. Right. They had the fumble. They were in field goal range when the fumble happened. Um, you know, it's just Brady just didn't feel it. Normally he does. I, I'm not whatever. It happens. Um, and they, they didn't they have the potential to just do so much more. And that's the crazy thing. I think that's the crazy thing is that this offense yet again still has some, uh, you know, some spots where they shoot themselves in the foot and they haven't put it all together yet. I think if if and slash when they do it's going to be nearly impossible to stop. Yeah, for me, it's like more, I want to see some complimentary football. I want to see the defense play out of its mind, the offense play out of its mind, and not have to sweat victories. I think this team's good enough to play that type of football. Yeah. You can point at New England, and when Tom was there, and they were, they were good, they destroyed teams. It wasn't a question, bro. You know what I mean? Like, played good defense. They played good offense. You know, they controlled the game, and that's what can great teams do on a consistent basis. We won the Super Bowl last year. We are obviously capable of greatness, um, and so it's a new season. Uh, you know, so there are going to be some struggles, different team, and, you know, it's going to take this, t- this team some time, I think, to get their feet under them again, especially defensively. They don't look the same. They don't look the same no. up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a little banged up and, and – uh, I couldn't tell again, being at the game, it's a little harder to, to kind of see how things unfold. Um, so I mean, I'm kind of anxious to go back and watch it again and, uh, you know, see some of the nuances that you miss while you're, while you're actually at the game. Yeah. Coming into this game. And I mean, coming into the start of the season, we had said that 
you can't really expect this defense to play at the caliber that they were in the Super Bowl, right? I mean, that's 20 weeks of straight football. Not, getting yeah, after. Not, you're not, playing, not, not starting off. Yeah. You're playing at your peak. Obviously, it's going to take you a little bit to get back there. 2-0 and is a great start. But I'll tell you who really doesn't seem to be having that tough of a time getting started this season is uh, that blocking tight end, baby. Rob Gronkowski, four mm-hmm. receptions, 39 yards, and two touchdowns. Four touchdowns for Gronk over the first two games. How about Rob Gronkowski in this offense, man? If if he is able to stay healthy with the shape that we know he is in, he is going to be a major problem for defenses down the stretch. I got some bad news, though. There was a target that went Rob Gronkowski's way that was incomplete, and it was mm-hmm. on the, the final when they were – when it was, like, what, four minutes left in the game, and they threw the, the screen pass, and Brady oh, just kind yeah. of threw it into the ground. Yeah. Uh, but before then, every throw to Gronkowski, every time Gronkowski was targeted in the Dallas game and in this one, the ball was caught. Um, so that is efficient, and he is just playing. I texted you, right, after the second touchdown. I was like, this might be 2015, Gronk. I was like, you know, this might just be like, just like insane production, red zone. Like you just can't stop him. Um, is right now what he's doing is ridiculous. And like, yeah, it's not the same exact stuff they did in New England. You, you know, you haven't seen this down the seam stuff, the, the Brady ball that you know he kind of kind of pops over over the linebacker's head and Gronkowski's running down the down the middle of the field. You haven't seen that yet this season, but what you're seeing out of them is just production and efficiency. And that's something you didn't see from Gronk in the first what, you know, four or five weeks of the season last year. So definitely a great sign. And it looks like he's finally, you know, in football shape as as I mean, he was productive last year, but this year it seems like he's taking it to another level. Yeah. yeah, it's it's weird. We, we haven't heard Cameron Brate's name very much, Uh-oh. if at all. OJ uh, Howard got, got a one, catch today. Yeah, OJ yeah. and Cam, I think, both got one catch yeah. today. Ju- Juicy made an appearance today. Obviously, he's still on the mend. Um, but it's, uh, I mean, are you going to take Gronk off the field? Uh, you know, yeah. to, to force targets to other tight ends unless they go in, you know, more 12 personnel and run multiple tight end packages and things like that, which I don't know. You know, we haven't seen a whole lot of that yet this season, but, um, you know, that this team can be so multiple. They can do so many things and, and, and be, be so different when they need to be other than run the ball consistently. And, mm-hmm. and I'd love to see them be able to pound, pound the ball when, when teams know they're going to run and, you know, be able to run successful in running situations. Uh, you know, but again, maybe, maybe we, we mature into a better running offense as the season progresses. I think this will kind of tie the conversation together between the offense and the defense because we saw it occur on both sides of the ball tonight. These damn flags, dude. I, I, we had a conversation last week on the show about how, you know, things were kind of sloppy against Dallas. It's week one football, so you can kind of expect it, right? It's going to take these guys a little bit, but I had a lot more faith that they were going to come in here and clean this shit up this week, and uh, they did not, man. Like we said before, there were a couple of times where the Bucks were just shooting themselves in the foot. Now, there's one drive that I want to look at in particular, and I don't even so much blame this drive on the Bucks, more so I do just terrible officiating, but it was right before halftime, yeah. and uh, Bucks were trying to make their way down the – or I'm sorry, the Falcons were trying to make their way down the field. Bucks had just scored a touchdown, and that timeout, by the way, in the red zone was a little questionable. They had like, what, 45, 45 seconds left on the clock, running clock. Weird. They decide to burn a timeout. It's all right. They still end up getting the points, but you you leave Atlanta that much time on the clock. And what ensued was just disgusting. It was an offsides call on Jason Pierre-Paul, which I think was the only actual penalty. Well, Shaq Barrett first. JPP offsides call, I think, was the only genuine penalty on that drive. But it started with an offsides on Shaq Barrett, who we know that that's kind of what Shaq does. He likes to time the snap. And, I mean, he got it as perfect as perfect gets. And these assholes on the field apparently did not see that. So they call it offsides on Shaq Barrett. Then you get a personal foul on Carlton Davis, and it allows the Falcons to get into field goal range. Their kicker nails it from 36 yards. They go into halftime 21 to 10. I I mean, I, I don't know how to feel about this drive. I mean, angry is definitely one way to feel about it. Like I said, I'm not so much blaming it on execution. <laughs> But there were definitely some avoidable flags out there on both sides of the ball, and I just really hope this doesn't become a, uh, become a trend this year. Well, I, I think you know the Shaq Barrett thing. That's just that's not offsides. Like, 
I mean, they slowed it down. Obviously, you know, Stank, you're you're in the stadium. I'm not sure if they slowed it down for you guys in the stadium. But on the broadcast, they slowed it down. And the slower it got, the more you could tell that it yeah. was not offsides. It, I was it, actually it was getting offsides. a Cuban sandwich during that particular play <laughs> inside. And so I got to see that one on TV. And, yeah, okay. it, it was a beautifully timed get off, you know, a la Gerald McCoy. Like, it was, it was just great. He timed that shit perfectly you know it wiped a, a defensive touchdown off the board unfortunately yeah. and then it just kind of seemed to snowball in the, the Falcons direction one. yeah Carlton Davis one right which is, was that. also kind of questionable I mean yeah. yes yeah. the helmets made contact but he he led with his forearms um it wasn't a whole lot of contact but whatever I you're gonna get that call from you know half the time in the NFL just because the helmets happen, happen to touch each other this isn't a very important question, but I'm just kind of curious. Was it a good Cuban sandwich? Because I know you probably paid over $20 for it. Listen, nothing in that fucking building is cheap. I th- I got, <laughs> I'll tell you today, I got three beers in a Cuban. I probably spent. Oh, no. 70 bucks. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Did you also hear that they like, they upsell the prices of beer in the nosebleeds? They charge like four or five what? bucks more for beer. I went to a preseason game and we what? may may or may not have moved around the stadium. I don't know anything about that. But we started in the nosebleeds and it was like 16 bucks for a can up there. And we got down to buy the pirate ship and they're walking around. I think it's 11 or 12 bucks a beer. Like, what the hell, bro? Um, wow. You're taking advantage of, of, of poor people. Of poor people. <laughs> right. <laughs> Incredible. Right. Well, uh, back on track, talking about this defense, that was a terrible drive before halftime, but coming out to start the second half, playmakers play, uh, make plays, baby. Vita Vea makes the play. He gets a hand on the football, tips it up, and Shaq Barrett gets himself an interception, sets up a touchdown for Tampa Bay. You know, we talk about how the defense unraveled a little bit in the second half, and I think they definitely kept Atlanta in this game longer than they should have been. But at the end of the day, let's talk about Mike Edwards. Two straight pick sixes. They stepped up right when we needed them to. So, I I mean, how mad can you be, right? Obviously, some execution during the game can be talked about, and I'm sure it'll be addressed. But this is still a defense that makes plays when you need it the most. And I think that's an identity that they've started to develop uh, over the course of last year and, of course, these first two games. Well, real quick, they they intercepted Matt Ryan the last time was Carlson Davis in 2019, Mm -hmm. right? Raise your, raise your hand if you had the next guy being Shaq Barrett to intercept Matt Ryan. Raise your, anybody? No. No. My money would have been uh, on JPP. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, is, he was almost the team leader last year. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, was, it was a great response coming out of the half. But, however, you know, what followed that was just more frustration. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of with Stank to where I was, I was literally texting you, right? I was like, where? Like, this Falcons offensive line is terrible. And they just they couldn't get home. Like it also, yeah. it didn't seem like they didn't blitz nearly as much as they blitzed against Dallas. Um, it seems like they were playing a lot more coverage that uh, in this game than they did against Dallas. Maybe because their blitzes weren't as effective against Dallas. I'm not sure, but uh, you know, it just it didn't seem like they could get home. It, it really didn't. And every time they did, Matt Ryan would either get the ball out the last second or, I mean, I remember Devin White coming in on a blitz and just completely whiffing. I mean, Ryan just yeah. sidestepping him, uh, couldn't get home. And now that, that was a concern for me. So every a lot of people were going to talk about the secondary. I know that the Bucks have, you know, contacted Richard Sherman. Like, I, I get it. I know people want to talk about that, whatever. But to me, coming out of this game, as far as concerning on the defensive side, the lack of pass rush against this horrid offensive line was definitely more concerning to me. And it's not like Matt Ryan's a mobile quarterback. It's not like he's going to be able to save some sacks for his offensive line. He's not going anywhere. And it was they still couldn't really touch him. Really quickly, I, I can't ignore it now. We got two Super Chats from Mr. Bucks Nation, a.k.a. James Hill. Uh, he said, read my Super Chats, Rhett, you bastard, love James. Mm. Thanks for the $4 going into the Wendy's fund. Stan, go ahead. I'm used to being bullied like that, you know, uh, and and I, you know. Dude, they're James, trying to kick you off the James show. Is, what the hell is that all about? Listen, they can't t- they can't kick me off the show. Um, it's just not going to happen, you know what I mean? Like, Samer can try to bully me and kick me off. I'm a 33.3% owner of that show, and uh, so I'm not, not going anywhere. Uh, no matter how much he abuses me and he abuses me often he really does live on on camera off camera um but i get him back i get him back 
you heard it here first. Stank is not going anywhere. No, no, exactly. I'm not going anywhere. With another season comes another sponsor for the Cannon Fire Podcast. We are partnering up with PlayActionPools.com to bring some interactive fun to the sport that we all love the most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our PlayActionPools.com Football Pick'em Challenge, which is open to everybody. Here's how it works. Sign up for our contest, Believe Football Pick'em, at PlayActionPools.com, and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select the 10 highest profile games of the week between the NFL and college football. Select winners are going to have their hands at a plethora of great prizes brought to you by our guys at playactionpools.com. So again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest. Believe B L E A V football pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They have got Survivor, Pick'em, as well as a pretty cool sportsbook-style concept called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools, and another proud sponsor of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Let's talk about, uh, sorry, I'm reading the chat here. I got a little caught up. Let's talk about what we were talking about before with this defense. Um things started to unravel i think it was a little bit of frustration in the second half but uh you know they stepped up when they needed to james one thing i one thing i will say that cordero patterson play when he scored the touchdown with the one hand that was pretty sick christ dude (laughs) Um, sometimes you just gotta give credit where credit's due um yeah you know uh james james says stank is the wolf of wall street guy so he's yeah not, he's not leaving yeah so. i've never snorted a line of cocaine out of a out of a stripper's <laughs> asshole i don't know if you're a stripper or not and i don't even know if i'm supposed to say that on this show i hope it is this pg no nah, you can say whatever the hell you want. okay all right good yeah yeah but yeah i'm not going anywhere all right um yeah so it's just i i, I don't know it, they they designed some 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 things that they did well and like credit to the falcons but like I don't know. Like they didn't do anything that like you didn't expect them to do. Uh, it's just to, to me, it was just a, a very basic Falcons game plan. And it seemed like, it seemed like the Bucks were ready for it. It's just, they weren't executing. And I know it seemed like Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean must've gone on and off, um, you know, three or four times during the game. Like yeah. it, it seemed like, you know, I wasn't sure if they were going to return and it happened like a bunch. Um so I'm just, you know, I was like, uh, I was like, are, I, te- I texted you, right? I said, man, they, are they going to have to sign Sherman just out of sheer necessity? Like, yeah. They're just going to have to do it. Um, both players, I believe, were able to finish the game. I, I don't think any either one of them uh, were able to, to, you know, had to come, come out for extended period of time. But just a frustrating day on defense. But then, obviously, it helps when the, the final what, two drives really when it mattered. Uh, before Josh Rosen came in, Mike Edwards just decided, okay, it, it, it's my time. And uh, he's the ball hawk, bro. That guy has yeah, a yeah. nose for the football. It seems like when he's on the field, the ball finds him. He has the worst hair on the team, but the <laughs> the best ball skills. Yeah. 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 Oh hell yeah, man. Um, let's talk about Sherman really quickly, just because I think people are going to want it to be addressed. We totally shit on the idea. On our last podcast, we literally addressed all the people. We were talking. Yeah. I mean, we literally <laughs> called people out and we're like, listen, the Bucks are not signing Richard Sherman. They are not interested in signing Richard Sherman unless he's able to work around some money stuff. Right. It just doesn't seem like a very, bi- uh, very viable option with the Bucks already down SMB for an extended period of time. Coming out of today's game healthy was huge because like you said, Carlton, Jamel Dean, both those guys went down, came out of the game multiple times. Everybody and their goddamn mom got hurt today. I don't know if you were reading Twitter all day, but yeah, Adam Schefter. I was very, very nervous. Dude, Adam Schefter every five minutes is is tweeting about a quarterback who's gone down and had to go to the locker room for an extended period of time. Baker Mayfield, too, is probably out for an extended period of time. Andy Dalton had to leave his game. There were just Derek Carr was Carson down for Wentz. a little while. Carson Wentz. Carson went to uh, everybody. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, dude. But the, the conversation about Richard Sherman, I guess we have to have it. 
does it change a little bit? I mean, like I said, we crapped on the idea earlier this week, but it was confirmed today that the Buccaneers are one of the teams that are kind of interested, have at least reached out to him. And by reached out, uh, the report said a key member of the Buccaneers organization reached out to him. So I'm sure you can draw your own conclusions on who that might be. But I mean, Stank, what are your thoughts on Sherman? Is it is it a viable option? Are there other guys you think the Bucks could be interested in? Like, is a vet corner the way to go after today's game? I think it depends on how quickly SMB heals up. Uh, and and re really right now, they, they seem to be kind of gray on that. Um, I guess he didn't have any ligament damage. And from, from what I've heard, uh, SMB expects to be back you know, sooner rather than later, but you just never know with those types of injuries. They're kicking the tires on, on Richard. I don't know if there's mutual interests because there could be, I'm sure Jason keeps in contact with a, a lot of guys and you have to put contingency plans in place because they're one more injury away from being super thin in that position. So you, you got, you better prepare um, whether they add him or not. I think we come out of this game relatively healthy from, from, I was at the game. That was a hot fucking game. It may not have been one of the hotter games, but uh, you know, it, it was. It was to me. It was a sauna out there. Listen, no I'm wind. Not, no not, breeze. I'm not trying to pick on you, but weren't you in like the luxury Super Bowl section or whatever the hell new section they have where you've Listen. got you know AC cooled <laughs> seats and you can yeah. run up in the fucking air conditioning yeah, I saw and get he a twenty five dollars cheese sandwich. I did he that. Was I actually, fun of James Winston on the team. I actually <laughs> did all those things today. I ran away. Listen, I'm. I I used to sit. In, in 300 double triple D the, the free tickets. Cause I used to uh, work for like one of the sponsors at the time. Dodge was a sponsor, but Hell they, yeah. my, my back was up against the wall in the 300 section next to the flag guys and shit like that. I did that for 10 plus years. I actually like those seats better. I'm not even gonna lie. I like the, the, the ability to go in and get air conditioning and, and, you know, piss in bathrooms that aren't disgusting. But outside of that, it's nothing fancy, man. Yeah. Same people. The the weird people. There's the weird people that watch the entire game inside. Why why even leave your yeah. house? You're spending yeah. hundreds of dollars on tickets just to stand there and watch the game inside, like you could yep. watch it at home, right? Yeah, yeah. I've sat everywhere in that stadium, down low, up high. This year we happened to uh, to to sit in the club. It's not really my thing, but eh, whatever. I, I think the best viewing experience I've ever had in Ray J. Just my personal favorite. It was mm -hmm. on the side of the pirate ship, and I can't remember which you know corner of the end zone it was, but it was Monday Night Football against Pittsburgh in 2018, and uh, we were down there to see Deshaun Jackson get that punt return touchdown that ended up being called back oh, and buddy. lost us the goddamn game. Um, I remember that very vividly because the view was great. Like for me, mm -hmm. I, I like being able to see the whole field. Like sitting yeah, in the too. end zone is cool. You know, I sat in the end zone across from the pirate ship for the preseason games, and it's cool when the play is right there. Right. But if it's happening way in the other end zone, you just really can't see anything unless you're, yeah, you're watching. You're watching the screen. Right. Exactly. So being in the mid-level section in the corner of the end zone where you've got a good mm -hmm. diagonal view of the field, you can see both sides perfectly. Uh, that's my that's my favorite spot. Yeah. So real quick on the Sherman thing, because I was one of the, the guys who basically said, like, yeah, like, no, like, um, it's not like, the I first was, time we've ever crapped on a player yeah, coming here, yeah, right? It's Antonio literally Brown every year. time. It's a yearly yeah. tradition. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 you know, <laughs> this year's player is Richard Sherman, I guess. Um, yeah, I just think this is just them sort of, just like Stank said, you know, you always have to be ready. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis both left today's games at points. Uh, Carlton Davis was even questionable to play in today's game. You, you never know. You don't want to end up with your, you know, your number one corner being Jamel Dean and your number two corner being Ross Cockrell and having to play you know, D Delaney or Herb Miller or Pierre Desir in the slot, uh, you know, because you're going to be a nickel probably most of the time in today's NFL. Um, so, you know, it, that's why I think they did reach out and see, you know, how does he feel about it? What, what money is he looking for? How is he feeling? Uh, you know, how, how's, his, how's his body feeling? How's the workouts been going? It, it, does he feel like he can contribute? Is he ready to play? Um, and then obviously there's some off-field issues there, uh, which I'm sure the Bucks and probably, you know, 30, 31, the 31 other teams have probably all looked into. You know, I'm sure even if they say, well, we're probably not going to sign up, let's just look into it. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you never know. So I wouldn't personally count on it. I do agree with you, Stank, that I think it, it depends on when Sean Murphy Bunting is going to be back. If it's 
seven, eight weeks from now, I think signing a guy like Sherman makes sense and it makes it more likely. But if he's going to be back in three weeks or so, see if you see if you see if you can survive. It's a risk, but see if you can survive uh, with with what you got. Um, well, even if you sign him now, that guy wasn't in anybody's yeah. training camp. He's not. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not, not getting right. on the field yeah. next week and playing against the Rams. I, you know what right. I mean? Like that. You sign him now. You may he may see the field three, four weeks from now if that's possible. But he's going to take up a roster spot too. So again, I think it was more of a precautionary thing. I, I'll be surprised to see him actually get signed by us. But who fucking knows? Maybe. Yeah, you never. We, we've always yeah we. I never discount him with with anything, and it seems like now that I, I did. Because like, a lot of like the JJ Watt stuff in the off season, a lot of people were like, eh, and I was like, well, you never know. I was like, because we were, I, we, we we said Rob Gronkowski was never coming. Uh, Samer's head would have fucking fallen off if we signed JJ Watt. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he hates that guy. Oh, the corniest guy in the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at me. Look at me. I'm working out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me, guys. Ice water. <laughs> um yeah you know I, i'm not i'm not really sure uh mr bucks nation i saw his message was retracted that's cowardice james wow he was talking some uh, shit and he decided to I, take it back i i, I guess he's, so. feel, he's uh, feeling bold tonight he doesn't usually he toss is, around cuss words like bit. he has been yeah i don't know what his problem is i'm about to set <laughs> him straight um so yeah, he he basically said he wonders if they called Sherman and offered him a practice squad spot, and he said no. I don't I don't know that. I don't even know if anything was offered. You know, it's probably just a checking in. Hey, how you doing? You know, hey, if if you want to make a decision on a team, keep us in mind. Where you know, you know, give us a call if, if you know if if you're interested in this. Is this? Are you interested? What do you think of Coach Bowles? What do you think of so and so? What do you think of so and so? You know, it would be interesting to see him on a team with Tom Brady. It, it would be pretty interesting to see um, them two guys suddenly share the the, the same locker room. So um, we'll see. Like as, like we said, wouldn't expect it, but crazier things have happened. So yeah. Before Listen, we- real real quick, I got I gotta interrupt you because oh, um, I was uh I was thinking about you and Evan uh, and, uh, oh, and, nice. and and and. Uh, James the other day because I took my wife to the Oldsmar flea market. Oh hell yeah, man! There we and, go. Yeah, I'm a flea market guy, right? I have been yeah. since I was a kid. My mom used to have like a well, sell tie dyes and shit there when I was a kid. So, but yeah, I, I saw some of the cool shit you guys um had on your episodes out there. Some of the memorabilia stuff in the off season. Hell yeah, man! Uh, some of that stuff still out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I, I like it. I mean, my Oldsmar is one of my favorite stops just because it seems mm-hmm. like. One, it's kind of one of the only flea markets we have left these it's days. The only one left, where we have one of the only ones left. It, right, but it seems like there's usually continually new people starting to mm-hmm. rent out there. I mean, the guys that have been there 15, 20 years with the jerseys, that's all cool and great. I like it because you've got one guy on one side of the flea market who's got, like, all the genuine jerseys. They're a little bit mm-hmm. older, but it's, you know, just endless racks of vague bucks. Um, he's got a bunch of signed mini helmets in the back, Reeboks, Adidas, like old shit, right? There's probably a couple right. Puma jerseys in there hanging up. And then you've got right on the other side, you can get any custom you want. And some of the creamsicles look pretty good, but you just got to settle with, you know, the bootleg stuff. I mean, I'm, yeah. I think he's got some real stuff hanging up outside, but there's just a nice selection for everybody. But yeah, uh, yeah for anybody out there who's on the hunt for like retro Bucks jerseys, I know James is is a little fond of like just, random ass players like I, I know he was hunting down a very sa- random a savvy piscatelli jersey not that long ago Why? just to try and add to his collection <laughs> he had a couple of really good ones on uh on etsy that he had picked out i actually almost bought an eric Drett jersey this week and then somebody bought it out from under me on facebook mm. marketplace funny story very first bucks jersey i ever owned was an eric Ritt Bucks yeah jersey. i've just yeah. i've been wanting to get one bro like it well um, I, 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 I didn't even know i didn't know that it was that i you know i thought it was always eric red and it's apparently it is not so yeah i, I, I found that out eric two weeks ago yeah eric i i learned at a very young age i got my eric red uh football card i don't even remember where i got it but it was like <laughs> it was the one year that he wore the red and pewter so i always thought it was kind of a cool card you know what i mean Let's look at uh, the Buccaneers' next few matchups here. I want to talk about expectations for this team going forward, and then we'll wrap up with the take bag, just like we do every single week. We're not going to get too in-depth. Obviously, we have game previews for this over the next three weeks, but uh, you got the Rams next week, America's Game of the Week. That's a 425 kickoff. And then after that, you have got the Patriots and the Dolphins. 
Patriots uh, won their game today, I think, and the Dolphins got shut out yeah. by Buffalo 35-0 to after losing to a that matchup we don't have to spend too much time on, but I want to talk about your guys' expectations with this team heading into L.A. next week. I know we talked about it at the beginning of the episode. You know, the Rams, they're really the first big challenge, I think, that's on the schedule this year. Dallas was a great game that came down to the wire. W is a W. It was week one football. That's what we can chop it up to. Atlanta shouldn't have been as close as it was. It was close, but champions make plays to win the game, and that's what the Bucks were able to do down the stretch. L.A. is going to be tough, man. Matt Stafford is fucking vibing with his new offense, and uh, I really think this is going to be a close game. Him and Cooper Cup have been like Brady and Gronkowski right now. I yeah. mean, it's just been it's been ridiculous. Uh, that type of defense really gives Brady a lot of trouble, so I'm curious to see their game plan. Because if you remember the first half of the game last year in Tampa, the Bucks' game plan worked, and it stopped working when the Bucks played into the Rams' defense's hands which with the Rams defense, their main objective is to take away the big play, right? They're going to give you some underneath stuff, but they don't want you to really beat them over the top. And that's exactly what the Bucs tried to force, and it didn't work. So we'll see if they learn their lesson. But, you know, I, I'm more worried about the defensive side of the ball against this, this Rams offense. It's it's lethal. So I think you could see a pretty high score. And if you're, if you're a betting man, I would maybe take the over in, in this game. I think well, we haven't every- we haven't been able to stop anybody yet this no. season. So yeah. I was just gonna say really quick, Stank. I, I think everybody that took the over today was shitting their pants until the very end of the game. It felt like I, I know Atlanta kind of came. What was the over under today? Like fifty and a half, fifty one. I think it was I think. 50, 51 and a half. I think. Yeah, I mean, it took them a little bit to get there. They eventually did. But uh, Stank, your take. I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. No, that's okay. No, um, I'm actually. Uh, we actually are traveling out to LA. Yes, sir. I fly out Thursday with the Loose Cannons travel crew. Uh, this will be our first uh, travel crew event, and uh, I can't wait. I've never been to LA. Uh, it's going to be a blast. But as far as the game is concerned, I'm a little concerned. Um, yeah, I, based on what we've seen these first two weeks, I'm not concerned about Brady in this offense. I think they'll they'll be able to kind of move the ball. Uh, uh, at times against LA, I'm, I'm worried about stopping them. Uh, yeah. They they look like they're hitting on all cylinders, but this fucking league is weird. It just is, man. You never know week to week what what you're gonna see out there. And if, as Bruce loves to say, if if the Bucks don't beat the Bucks, if we can stop beating ourselves, I mean we're the champs for the reason. So can we beat the Rams? Absolutely. Uh, are the Buckaholics and the Buck fans going to represent in that stadium? Hell yeah, they are. Uh, it's going to be a fun event, and I hope, I hope we hit Stafford early and often, and um, and make his life a living hell. And uh, you know, we're hitting on all cylinders, man. Oh yeah, I think it's something Stafford should be used to, right? All those terrible years behind that O line in yeah. Detroit. Jesus, dude, make that guy's life a living hell. Bucks Rams, right? We have we've had some uh, some good games with oh, that franchise yeah. over the years. And twenty nineteen dropped fifty five on the punks, and then uh, Brady with the interception on the last drive last year. That was the only game I went to in person. By the way, I mean it was mm. it was a good game down that's, to the stretch. That's better. That's better than the game I went to in person last year. Right? It's okay. <laughs> so Evan I went to usually... three. Oh yeah, I went to three games last year, and we got our dicks kicked in all three of them. Yeah. And I had a free ticket to the Super Bowl, and I didn't go. Well, one of, one of the reasons I didn't go was because I'm like, no, I'm not gonna jinx this team again. So I'm gonna stay home and watch it. Bro, we we talked about it before, uh, but before the season started, there's a guy on Twitter whose name I can't remember right now. Dude, he's like zero and nine going to games. <laughs> Corey? He says he's going to the... Oh, that used to be Corey. Oh, it used to be Corey, but I don't remember who this guy is, but he said he's going to the Jets game this year, and that's the only game he's going to. I mean, could you fucking imagine being 0-9 for your favorite sports team? Yeah, Yeah, I feel... Other than, you know, the Dallas game reminded me... This year, the Dallas game reminded me a lot of the Giants game from uh from mm-hmm. the, matt, the matt gay game yeah i thought yeah, for that. sure ryan sucker was missing i was like oh man yeah which is why we, cur- <laughs> we which is why we curse him on a consistent basis because i'll never love a kicker again oh man people are hey. like why do you hate ryan i hate i hate i hate bucks kickers listen bro we, bucks we, punters no kickers yeah we are big ryan suck up fans over here suck up doesn't Not suck me. that's our boy he is ice cold mm-hmm. but listen we talk about hey, hey let's give another round of applause right? bradley pinion holy shit up. man people's uh, champion uh. second week in a row bradley yeah. pinion the all pro tour 2021 he shows yeah. up on pat mcafee show with ryan suck up talks about how he has aspirations to be an all pro this season 
and just an absolute clinic today. He had that beautiful punt that was pinned inside the five-yard line. Holy hell. One more hand for Bradley Pinn, yeah, the people's champ, right. ladies and gentlemen. This is not his fault. I wasn't a big fan of the squibs. Um, yeah, both teams were kind of doing that. I, I didn't understand that. Well, they put AB out there mm. for, for one. And I mean, for I did, kind of I heard Jalen yeah. got hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mickens is hurt. Uh, or not, out yeah, Jaden, uh, not Jalen. Jaden, yeah. Nah, same difference. Hopefully, maybe now with uh, Mickens, his status kind of up in the air, we could see a little bit of Jalen Darden. I, I remember that that first depth chart of the season came out, and everybody was kind of overreacting because Darden was on there as the primary returner for the Bucks. And then, uh, you know, Thursday night football comes around, and Jadon Mickens is your guy. And I think Mickens had a great game against Dallas, and as far as I'm concerned, he won the job for the time being, he did. but like, I I'd love to see the rookie. Cause there was so much hype about this kid, especially right after we drafted him and the possibilities with him being a returner. Like, I, I hope we get to see a little bit of Jalen Darden here soon. Yeah. I think, I think we'd all be sooner rather than later. Yeah. I think we'd all be excited if he could actually catch and in the preseason, he could not hang on to the ball, uh, which is oh, why yeah. I think, uh, you know, <sighs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, he'll, he's going to get his opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Uh, eventually, eventually, I think. Yeah, I, I don't think they're really set on a guy, so I, I do agree that they'll um they'll definitely try. I mean, that's they, they traded up in the fourth round to get this guy. They they clearly saw something that they liked. And no, he's got freaky joystick ability. Yeah. The, yeah, the, he's, the he's, kid he's a good is a player. He just got yeah. put together. He's got to get his hands right, and you know, I mean, it's you're joining the Super Bowl champs. I'm sure nerves play a factor. Uh, he's got the ability. I mean, they tried to put him out there with the ones several times. So clearly they saw a lot. They liked a lot of what they saw in preseason, but it just seemed like his, his hands weren't uh, completely there yet. And so he'll work. Maybe he'll work through it. And I think the thing with guys like Darden too, and his situation, when you only have a limited amount of time to prove your worth on this team, we've talked about it with guys like Keyshawn Vaughn, like the bucks of now are not the same bucks two, three years ago where you could spend as much time trying to see how much these guys can develop, right? Like Keyshawn Vaughn and Jalen Darden would be playing right now if this was like 2018. Right, right. We, we <laughs> just don't would. have – when you're trying to, uh, I guess, you know, Bucks are 2-0 right now, and obviously the goal is perfection. So let's just, for the sake of conversation, say when you're chasing perfection, you don't have a lot of time to kind of sit around with your thumb up your ass and figure out what these guys can and cannot do. But for Jalen Darden's sake, and for a lot of people who are excited to see him, I hope that, you know, Jadon Mickens, while I hope he rests up and heals up and is good to go and all that stuff, I just hope it opens a door a little bit for Darden and we can see what he is capable of. Uh, checking in on the live chat really quick before we get to the take back. Tony Saylor says Darden looks a little slow on film. And I've heard that a lot of people look back at what he looked like in the preseason and he looks a little slow. I don't know if maybe that's, you know, incorrect or he's not slow, he's, but he's a short area quickness guy. He's not going to, yeah. he's not Scotty. He's yeah, not going to beat Scotty. you. He's not going to beat you over the top like Scotty can. Um, but in space, he's the problem. I saw it at practice. Uh, I saw it in the preseason live. Um, you know, I think maybe it's deceiving seeing him, you know, plus, N nothing looked good in the preseason it was yeah, there was a right. lot a lot yeah, of yeah. dysfunction and i think you know he was part of that in some ways but um the kid's quickness is legit hell yeah all right so every single week here on the show we wrap things up with the newest segment on the podcast it is uh evan's take bag the philly bucks fan floor is yours my friend do you have the physical bag on hand hell yeah he does we're all about props here and i mean if i can say <laughs> if i can say one thing about atlanta today you know they were able to keep it a close game down the stretch but at the end of the day we all know what the fuck they are dude i mean come on come on the falcons get out of here that's right that's Evan, the right. take bag my friend okay so i was i was glad to see oj howard um actually get a catch it's like a significant one too not just one of those like oh two yard catch whatever like it was it was a first down it was like mm. a 20 yard gain or whatever um it's good good to see him get in there and like we talked about earlier if Gronkowski's at this pace it's gonna be tough for those guys to see reps like we we, we get it but um it, it was it was nice to to see them to, to see him get in there uh selfishly i i, I do uh I do have to be a little bit of a, you know, like bummed out. I picked the wrong safety to get the interception. I oh, said yeah. Antoine Winfield was going to get an interception. Uh, Mike Edwards decided, hey, I'm not going to get one, I'm, but two, and I'm not going to just return it to the 10-yard line. I'm going to take both of them to the house. Um, mm -hmm. 
which also that second one was one of, I think one of the craziest plays I've ever seen. I mean, like a Bucks game. We've seen uh, so many plays like that against the Bucks, right? Just yeah, some bullshit right. where like the that, ball pops up 20 yeah. feet in the air and the defense has all day to get it. Yeah. Felt like half of Jameis Winston's interceptions were like that, where it's like, that's like a, such a like unusual circumstance. And it's just like, come on. The Bucks, right? You, listen, you brought up that, that guy, uh, the guy you just named. How did he do today? Well, I, Not too I, good. I I did see you on, on, on Twitter, Stank. You were, mm. you, you, were, you were taking a video of uh, some, you know, I guess old habits die hard for, for good old. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, uh, I can't let the Saints fans off off lightly. They were particularly. Oh, my God. Oh, they were quiet uh, as hell. Uh, week, yeah, they were particularly mean to me this week, which, yeah, I probably <laughs> deserve uh, because I, I asked for it, you know, but they thought. I mean, they got what we we got right one week. He's a fucking franchise quarterback. And he's the next, you know, he, he's going to have a Hall of Fame career. And oh, the next he's the week, fucking MVP, if you ask most people after week yeah. one. Yeah, but then the next week, you don't I want him on your team hurts. anymore. I mean, it's it's as hot and cold as you can get with the player. So, whatever. I, I, you know, couldn't happen to a better fan base, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah, one thing I think every Bucks fan can agree on is uh, the Saints just absolutely suck. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. Don't really have a whole lot. I, I texted Rhett. I was a little bit nervous after suck up, missed the extra point uh, because like it was still a two possession game. Then it was a 16 point game and not a 17 point game. I was like, Oh, that might matter. It didn't, whatever. Folks win moving on to LA. Like, just like stank. I have concerns about them playing in LA uh, first, their first road game of the season, not an easy road game. Uh, definitely not an easy road game traveling across the country. And then you got the New England Patriots on Sunday night football the next week. Um, tough little stretch here, but if anybody's ready for it, I think Tom Brady is. So Tom Brady for MVP, uh, he'll probably get off of, you know, he might get the FedEx players of, you know, maybe, I don't know. The, the air, I don't the know. Air I player. guess he didn't have enough passing yards through the air. Well, that's right? what, that's what the other guy, the other guy who used to play quarterback, for this, mm. for this city and that is in Florida, um, he threw five touchdowns and didn't get it. So I guess. Yeah, but he's Tom also not Tom Brady. He's also That's not true. Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's, he's also not Tom Brady. Um, and then you know, I th- I think Pinion should just be by by default just get the special teams player of the week just because he he's Bradley Pinion. So oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, also I mean, we got to give Mike Edwards defensive player of the week, right? I mean, I don't know anybody else that had two pick sixes. I, yeah, and I don't, I don't think, think anybody's going to take that award away from him this week. Uh, oh, yeah. He, he, he joins Rondé Barber as the only other player in franchise history to have two scoring interceptions in a game. Uh, so good for Mike Edwards. One more thing I'll add to the take bag. Jordan and Dexter White- Jackson in the Super Bowl. Didn't he have two pick sixes in that game? Or am I wrong? Oh, yeah, I, no, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I yeah, think... yeah. Yeah, he did. It might no, have been, been a regular season set. Huh. Somebody, really somebody in the chat no, room, correct me. It wasn't, it wasn't two pick six. It wasn't it was Dwight picks. Smith, was it? No, Dwight Smith had a pick six, but it wasn't two. I thought he had two picks. Uh, he had two Dexter picks. Jackson had two. Dexter, uh, all right. Dexter, yeah, I'm, Dexter, I'm old. Dexter my my Jackson, dementia kicks in sometimes. So. Dexter God, Jackson listen, got the MVP. We know that. He had two interceptions. I think mm-hmm. Dwight Smith had to, to pick six. Derek Brooks and you Dwight might be Smith right. had to pick six. Yeah. All right. No, it was Dwight Smith. Look at that. I'm yeah. fucking right again. Okay. That's You're just, right. That's how we um, roll here. You're right, and as that, usual, that, 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 as usual, I'm wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a rarity for Rhett to be right. So that's, uh, listen, that's Stank, we're glad to have you here, my friend. One more thing that I'm going to add to the take dude. bag: uh, Jordan Whitehead was back out in that secondary today, and I think you noticed, right? I, I think Jordan Whitehead was missed, and uh, we saw him support a little bit in that secondary, made some plays here and there, but it was good seeing him back, and uh, he looked a little more prepared than I thought he would. So it, it was nice seeing 31 out there, just leveling people again. Mm-hmm. 33. Dwight Smith had two pick sixes. Thank uh, yeah, you, all stock you got, fan. You, you got the wrong number, so you're wrong again. What? 31 30, answer. Oh, on the field. shit. No, you're uh, right. Man. He was all 31, these, all these, right? He changed yeah, his yeah, number. It was, yeah, it was, it was part Christ. of those. It was, it was last season, last offseason, when the secondary decided to play, you know, musical chairs with numbers. So, At least yeah. they didn't go with all single fucking digits. Right. You know, like, oh, right. You don't want to be those guys. Leonard, Leonard Fournette is still messing with me. I'm like... I don't Seven. like it. I don't I'm like just, it. I'm old. At, like Tom, me and Tom are a year apart. I hate it. 
I hate now, it. Now, are you what? are you a year you you a year older or younger than Tom? I'm a year older than Tom. I'm four. Okay. I'm, I'm get live four five. Listen, I'll I'll tell you, man. One thing that we can say about Stank is that the sacrifice that you made for this city and this football oh, team last season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> truly cannot be appreciated enough for the yeah. people who don't know uh i mean if you want to fill them in on on your uh compromise yeah yeah i uh i gave up sex for a year and and if you don't believe me on the last episode not the one we filmed uh two episodes ago on loose cannons my wife sat in for me because i got fired for uh for a half show and she sat in and she confirmed it so yeah yeah Kudos to i gave up sex if you know if tom brady came and uh, he did. And then I doubled down with Gronk and, uh, you know, so. But the, we won the Super Bowl, so, I, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, I had right. sex after that. You got to do what you got to do. Literally at the Super Bowl party, I had sex. But, you know, it's going to work. Ladies and gentlemen, I think that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you guys so much for anyone in our YouTube live chat hanging out with us. Mr. Bucks Nation, thanks for your super chats. Donating to the Wendy's mm-hmm. Fund, my friend. Truly glad to have you here. All the moderators holding it down. Our guy Willie Beeman, All Stott fan, hanging out with us. TV Twelve Goat Man, G Vegas once again. Tony Sailor and uh, anybody else that I may have missed. Thank you guys. Subscribe to the channel if you have not already. Plenty of great Buccaneers content. And uh, follow us on social media: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show and, of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news, as it happens, you can check out my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram, rapidly approaching 30,000 followers. And wow. uh, you can also find him on Twitter where he will not follow you back at Evan NFL. <laughs> and uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter where I will follow you back at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S and uh, my burner account. Darnold, one of one. So uh, make sure you check that out. <laughs> oh, shit. Stank, thank you so much for coming on the show, my friend. Thanks for what, having me, man. I, I mean, you said you're going to LA this week, but aside yeah. from that, what have you got going on in the works and uh, where can people find your stuff? <clears throat> um, you can find me on, I'm basically Twitter, uh, you know, only uh, at Stank Bastard. Um, maybe I'll follow the, you back. Maybe I won't. The, the, you post political profile, shit. The huh? best profile picture you ever find. Yeah, yeah, real I picture. Mean, just, it's yeah. a really, really a picture of me. That was I. I was a, a little chunky mullety kid. I missed the hair, um, you know. And I found that picture going through uh, some of my mom's photos a few years back. And it's uh, man, it's just been it's been you know I've had the best luck ever since. So I, I picture think if, that, I think if the creamsicle <laughs> uniforms looked like a person. It would be that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like people. I actually found the shirt, by the way. The picture. Did you? I have the shirt. I have it over. It's is it on the, the test of verity one? It's the test of verity one. Uh, if yeah. if Samer and Christian uh, or Latte ever finish editing the uh, the golf video that we did at the Arians Family Foundation golf tournament this year, um, I got to meet Testaverde, show him the picture. Uh, it was it was honestly one of the better days of my life. Crazy. It should be out here. I think we're going to drop it on the uh, bye week. But um, yeah, hell yeah, bro. Hey, Amen. listen, I, I mean, not to undercut or anything, but if you guys are ever looking for a video guy or may, I, I may or may not know a guy. I think Latte's already hit you up. So Dude, I, 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 I don't He hit me up and then nothing ever happened. I mean, I, listen, I don't mean to throw him under the bus. It's the very end of the podcast. I don't mm. even know if people are. Still no, throw him under the bus. He, he texted me. He's like, hey, brother, let's make something happen. How much you charge Somebody, for this? Yeah, we're, we're going to we're, we're planning on shooting this and editing into this. Yeah. You know, do you think you'd be able to do that? And I'm like, yeah, let's make it happen. And then fucking crickets. It's probably Samer's fault. Somebody in the chat earlier, and I saw it. I saw it, and it scrolled by, and and James laughed at it. But somebody said that Samer looks like a man baby with a beard. Uh, I, I love that. I honestly, he has no pores, just like a baby. Um, he does look like a giant fucking baby. And I posted a video of his kid, you know, who's like a miniature version of him um, with the with the beard too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and Ed just as abusive, and the son's like ten years old or eight years old. Weird. Don't matter. Oh, <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's the show. Make sure you check out the Loose Cannons and the Buck and Idiots podcast, which I, I hope makes it. <laughs> which I haven't soon. recorded in right? forever. But, <laughs> but make sure you follow the Buck and Idiots on Twitter, too. It has like fucking 2,000, almost 2,000 followers. And yeah, you know, it's whenever I feel like it, honestly. My yeah. my uh, my producer, you know, she's a, she's in jail. So uh, when oh, she gets shit. out, maybe, maybe Betty, I'll right? drop another episode. Yeah, intern Betty. Jesus yeah. Christ. Dude. She's been locked up, dude. Oh, man. Yep. 
Folks, thank you so much for checking out the show this week. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish, and our very special guest, the one and only Stank Bastard. And uh, one more reminder before we go. I think we are, damn, like seven or eight weeks away from the first ever Cannon Fire watch party. That's going to be happening November 14th on a Sunday. The Buccaneers play 1 o'clock against the Washington football team. We're teaming up with Berry House Brewery and uh, Wingbox Food Truck right outside of Ybor City. It's going to be an awesome event. And uh, we'd love to have you guys there. Myself, Evan, Mr. Bucks Nation, and maybe a couple of other people will be hanging out. No charge. Just show up, watch some football, and uh, let's record a podcast and, and try not to get too drunk and overdo it, right? But uh, that's the show. Thank you guys for checking out the Cannon Fire podcast, brought to you by our good friends over at betonline.ag. We will talk to you a little bit later this week with the Mailbag Show. Until then, and as always, we'll talk to you next time, and go Bucks. Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.